0: Welcome to the Celebration Community Church Podcast, where we exist to meet God, grow in Him, and serve through Him. Welcome to the Celebration Community Church Podcast. My name is Nathan. I'm so grateful that you are joining us today. I have a little bit different of a podcast for you um, today. This one is going to be talking about relational communication. And, um, you know, typically what we're trying to do with this season of the podcast is be Adjacent to the sermon series, and we just started a sermon series called White Picket Fences, which is going to examine eight different relationships within the Bible and how those relational dynamics either um, inform us about how to live or how to solve problems or maybe how not to solve problems in our relationships so my objective today is to identify some relational communication tendencies offer new strategies for communication that work within a variety of different contexts that could be familial that could be vocational at work that could be with um, with children um, just a, a variety of different contexts, obviously, that I think that this is generalizable and useful for. And I'm operating out of a premise of the um, book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 18, and it says this, If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. And there are a couple of different ways that like, modern thought has influenced how we might live peaceably that I think are, are really useful. And these might be th- things that you've heard before. These might be brand new to you. But uh, I think that this is going to be a really useful uh, podcast to come alongside our, our, our church's community. Um, sermon series so that we see, okay, these are healthy dynamics, these are unhealthy dynamics, these are um, stories that that may differ in their relevance, um, at least directly, to modern life. So how do we extrapolate the values that are taught in the Bible to modern living and, and how we might go about um, really figuring out a way to uh as the book of romans says live peaceably with all so um here's where we're going we're gonna look at uh, where you might be we'll look at some language skills and then some strategies and maybe a couple of uh biblical thoughts interspersed there within so uh, let's go ahead and jump on into it that I always end with when I teach the Bible Foundations course is kind of a an honest assessment of where one is with their reading and I think that the importance of this is that we don't want to get into this if we if we see that there is a reason for change or a justification for like reading the Bible for example we don't want to think oh I'm going to do this sort of first day New Year's resolution, first day of Lent, uh, Mother Teresa syndrome, where we say, I'm going to read for an hour a day when maybe our uh, current practice is that we don't read the Bible specifically or um, uh, daily at all, starting with something bite-size is really important. And so that that's that's true of any skill, is an honest assessment of where one is. And um Relational communication is a skill to be learned and that's really good news that that we can improve this um, because We have so many avenues to benefit. If we are able to communicate well at our work, that means that we can minimize the distress at work and we can have more satisfaction there. Um, So too with family and with our spouses. So that's where I'd like to start with just an honest assessment of where you are. And this can be done by yourself just the next time that you are talking to someone or that you are in conflict with someone. um, Just pay a lot of attention. Be especially curious about what you say and whether or not that actually aligns with your inner experience, what you're feeling, what you're thinking. And if that uh, sort of supports your goals. I know that one of the things that I am very uh, prone to do is I am prone to start start being really condescending and that is not in line with who I want to be nor with my my goals of how I want to treat people how I want to communicate what my experience is so that's uh that's one thing to do another thing that I would absolutely recommend is Ask folks that you trust about the ways that you communicate. If you have a spouse um, and you you guys are in a place where you're relationally comfortable um, and you've extended each other the permission to really uh, speak construct in constructive criticism about one another's uh, communication style, this is something that can really help you to pair up and partner up to be a team together. Um, you know, David writes in Psalm 51 after Nathan. Uh, goes up and and talks to him about his sin with Bathsheba um, very honestly to God about uh, inviting him into the process of cleansing him of his iniquity. In this psalm, sin or doing wrong is compared to a stain. Um, So there's a lot of language that, that goes through and says, blot out this, cleanse me from my sin. And to, to invite God and godly influence into this discussion would be absolutely relevant. So first, we take an honest assessment of where we are. What are the ways we, we communicate? Do we communicate what we actually feel and think and experience? Do we do that in a way that accomplishes our rhetorical goals? We accomplish like trying to bring relational depth rather than maybe a a criticism or pur- purportedly winning an argument. You know, conflict is a necessary part of life and one of the things that I'm working on in my professional training um, as I go through school is this idea of uh, conflict being inevitable but the sorts of relational fissures can uh, actually don't have to exist, and conflict can be an incredibly adaptive way to grow in a relationship. So rather than thinking that conflict is something to be avoided um, and and there are good reasons for for thinking that and if if professional help is is something that you need, then I, I certainly encourage uh, going out and, and attempting to find professional help that can help you with communication skills um, we obviously in um, offer counseling at c3 and there are other uh, very competent counselors across the Hayes area that would love to meet with you um, to determine whether or not you're um, <laughs> you need it and I would I would wholeheartedly endorse that I think that everyone uh, can only stand to benefit from, from talking to folks who are, are trained in this stuff. Um, but I want to move more into some of the tools that we can use and the first one uh, is something called reflective listening. Reflective listening simply refers to the fact that when someone tries to communicate with you, you take the time to actually listen to what they're saying. And then to summarize and respond to what they say in similar language, you can use the same language that they use. Um, but I think that it's it's useful to kind of reframe the language and to ask tentatively with your vocal uh, inflection, so that you're not telling someone what their experience is, but you're trying, you're asking for confirmation with that. You can identify the key emotions that are communicated, you can communicate back to just ensure that you're on the same page. So that's one thing, reflective listening, that is a really useful skill for allowing your counterpart, whether that be a child, a spouse, um, someone that you work with, a peer, um, to know that you're actually listening to them and not just waiting for your uh, next time to speak. I know the Bible often talks about being uh, slow to speak and quick to listen and this is a, a good thing that, that we can do. The next thing, the next tool and strategy would be to communicate using I statements. I statements being the singular form of, <laughs> of, of a pronoun. And communicating in this way communicates your perspective and it's important to be able to do this calmly. Oftentimes, we, when we are not calm, we tend to externalize and that is something that we want to avoid doing because that supersedes someone's own perspective, which is, is valid. Everyone's perspective is valid. So to communicate your perspective by using I statements, I feel, I think, I see and then continuing on. That takes the sort of blame centric language out and really communicates your experience, which is a valuable thing to be able to do. And hopefully your spouse is engaging or your your conversation partner is engaging in some sort of reflective listening there so that you can ensure that you are being heard and, and that everyone has a perspective. After using an I statement, I think it's often good to ask someone for their perspective. Um, as, as long as you've validated that, oh, we are both on the same page, we're, we're speaking the same language so that folks understand what is going on. This leads me to another uh, sort of tool to be uh, aware of, and that's the idea of nonverbal cues. Now you can take a sentence and you can make it mean several different things just based on vocal inflection. And vocal tone and uh, facial expression and posture do a great deal of communicating far more quickly than our actual words that we use do. So I would encourage you or, <laughs> you know, if uh, you have uh, a trusted loved one, as, as I have said before, uh, go ahead and, and ask them about your tone of voice. Ask them about your posture. Do this in a time when you're feeling relatively calm, um, where you are most open to uh, constructive feedback about how you uh, want to communicate. And these nonverbal cues can be really, really useful. Um, I know that when I attempt to talk to folks, I try to be hyper-aware of these sorts of things, and I try to be a a non-anxious presence, a presence that is calm, that is... um, ready to communicate and to establish safety not only through the words that I use but through the way in which I speak. I want people to feel as if I am accessible and I, I encourage others to to attempt that as well. Finally, I think that one of the things that that absolutely has to be done is we all need to collectively, improve in terms of emotional communication. And in the other work that I do, uh, we keep it very, very simple. We talk about four emotions, three of them bring, being primary and one of them being secondary. So they're, they're very, very simple and this is a great place to start if emotional communication is not a part of your current practice. Um, the first thing that, that we do or the emotions that we use are glad, sad, mad or afraid. And glad, sad, and afraid are each primary emotions. But mad, anger, is a state that is absolutely adaptive and useful. This would have been more useful when we had to run away from predators. You know, the, the, the anger is a good defense mechanism as well. However, we talk about the idea that mad is made up of two primary, of the primary emotions, mostly sadness and fear. So if we can just start by working through how we're feeling and accepting those feelings as normal Accepting that our identity does not come from the emotion or nor the intensity of the emotion that we feel, but yet we are, as uh, Paul writes in Ephesians two, the handiwork of God, given um, the 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 title of masterpiece and called beloved children. Then, from that definition, we can start to connect with our emotions and say, "We are okay." I am mad. Uh, which may mean that I'm actually sad or afraid about something, and I'm okay. I'm glad, and I'm okay. I'm sad, and I'm okay. Because these things are not the dictators of my life. So, uh, when communicating emotionally, I think it's really important to to connect with those words. And and as you improve in emotional connection, you can use different words than glad, sad, mad, and afraid. But I think that these are really useful for communicating all across the spectrum with folks, because there's a variety of of different ways in which people communicate their emotions. So starting small, starting simply, starting easy, gives us a place to then build up from. And I honestly think that there's a, a little bit of profundity. It's profound to be able to communicate simply like that, to be able to say, mm, I'm feeling a little glad, a little afraid, and to talk about what those are mostly about. To deny the emotional experience within relational communication is to deny a fundamental part of how our brain and our body reacts to the environment in which it is placed in. So as we continue to learn and to grow, we work on these skills of communicating our emotions, of paying attention to our non-verbal cues like our posture, our tone of voice, our facial expressions, and trying to keep those neutral because the person sitting across from us or standing across from us is far more valuable than reaching the outcome that we think is the most necessary. We need to be careful in using I statements to identify the way in which our perspective is clear and then to uh, accept others as valid even if you don't necessarily agree with their perspective to say okay I see that you feel this way is that correct and to engage skills like reflective listening when we do that we are able to As far as it depends on us, live peaceably because of the fact that even though somebody else may react entirely different, we are in control of our responses. And I like to uh, talk with the folks that I work with about the difference between a reaction and a response. And reactions are very quick, often subconscious. But a response takes into account all of the relevant details. It summarizes them and then uses my sort of framework of what do I value? Who do I want to be in this situation? And then allows me to formulate a response accordingly. So that's my prayer as we summarize the remainder of this information is that we can be the presences that God calls us to be in our relationships, whether that be with spouses or uh, children or peers or uh, co-workers, we want to be people of the word that that recognize and and appreciates the fact that the Spirit dwells within us, allowing us to be able to live at peace with all. And that's my prayer that, that some of this information may be useful for you in order to live um, as new creations in a world that we get to join in the restoration started in Christ and will be fulfilled when he comes again. Take care, everyone.